Do you believe? champion Chicago Sky. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the All Bets Are On podcast with Kate Constable. All Bets are currently off for the Chicago Sky because their season is over. They lost the Connecticut Sun yesterday after an epic collapse in the fourth quarter, and their season has come to an end, and the pursuit of a back-to-back championship has come to an end for the Chicago Sky. Connecticut Sun, on the other hand, they are finally back in the WNBA Finals after getting bounced by Chicago in the semis last season. They'll take on the Las Vegas Aces on Sunday, first game of the finals. The Aces advance by beating the Seattle Storm in four games, so they will host Connecticut in this first game on Sunday. Let's take a look at what really happened in this Sun-Sky game yesterday, because it was pretty epic. The game was close through the first half, third quarter comes along, and all of a sudden the Sun only put up eight points They had eight points and also eight turnovers. So Connecticut's down by 11 early in the fourth quarter, and things are looking good for Chicago to have a repeat trip to the WNBA Finals. Well, not so fast. Chicago only put up five total points in that fourth quarter. Five points from the defending champions in a closeout game on their home floor. What in the world happened Honestly, the Sky don't deserve to go to the finals if they're going to be playing like that. I mean, eight points in the third quarter for the Sun, that's bad. Yes, that's bad. But five points in a fourth quarter closeout game, that's inexcusable. Midway through the fourth quarter, Dewana Bonner for the Sun converted an and one after two offensive rebounds in, in one possession. So she lets out a scream. She's all excited and pumped. Clea Copper from the sky kind of gets in her face. She didn't really like that show of emotion from Bonner. So the two get into it. They exchange words, a little shove. No technicals are called though, because Copper had already received the technicals. So if she gets two, she's out of the game. So the refs are kind of keeping Copper in this game a little bit. So very nice of them there because I mean, she's one of the sky's best player. You want, you want her to go out and in game five uh, of a series that where winner goes to the playoffs, like the WWE just, you don't want that. So both, both uh, players, no technicals, but that was a really big turning point for the Connecticut sun because from then on out, Sky didn't score a single point the rest of the game. And that was with about five, four and a half, five minutes left in the game. So still plenty of time in the fourth quarter. Sky blew a nine-point lead with about seven minutes left. And the Sun outscored them in that time 22 to 2 to win by nine. After the game, I, I mean, obviously the Sun players and organization were all fired up and as they should be for sure. But Candace Parker just walked off the floor, didn't shake anyone's hand, didn't acknowledge even like her teammates. Some of them were kind of huddled in a circled meeting. Uh, she just left right away. I mean, I really don't blame her. I'm pissed too. Uh, head coach um, James Wade said after the game, that's probably one of the biggest disappointments professionally that he's ever had. I mean, this crowd was just stunned, silenced by what they were seeing. It was just such an odd way for 
a game five closeout game winner goes to the finals to end, especially from a Chicago sky team that we've seen had so much success this season and be so potent offensively. They just stopped playing. They stopped cutting. They stopped driving Clea copper as she had 20 some points in the first 20 points in the first half. Uh, she stopped scoring in the second half. They had turnovers. It was just an odd Odd situation to watch. I mean, Candace Parker nearly turned the ball over with two minutes left on the clock and the ball goes, um, you know, flying into the backcourt. She didn't dive. She didn't, she didn't jump after the ball. She just kind of tried to pick it up. And I mean, she got the possession back, but there was just seemed like there was no sense of urgency from this guy, like almost as if they just thought nothing's going our way in this fourth quarter, this game's over. They kind of threw in the towel it almost seemed so such a disappointing way to lose uh, and have the season over for the Chicago sky. But on the other hand, I mean, give it to the sun down by 11 early in the fourth quarter. They just came off of an atrocious um, third quarter, but yet they rallied, they kept uh, themselves in the game mentally. And that was really the difference in this uh, fourth quarter and, and down the stretch of this game, who was going to execute, who was going to make, fewer mistakes, fewer mental mistakes. And that was the Connecticut Sun. So they're back into the finals for the first time since 2019, fourth time in franchise history. But now they really have their work cut out for them because they're facing the Las Vegas Aces, a team that's had the best offense in the league this entire season. If we take a look at this game, Sunday afternoon, 3 p.m. Eastern time, Aces are already six-point favorites at home. And I would take the lay the points, not take the points. I would lay the points with the Aces. I think this is all Las Vegas early Connecticut's coming off of a little rest whereas Las Vegas. I mean, they finished their series with the storm earlier this week. So they've had time to get back to Las Vegas, get some rest, some uh, rehab, get themselves ready for this game. And honestly, just to start game planning as well. During the regular season, these three teams met three times. Aces took two out of the three and the totals were pretty high. 170, 187, 174 were the final uh, scores in those games. Aces won the first game by eight points. Sun took the second game by seven. And then Aces took the third game once again by eight. So I think this line of minus six is very fair. This game is also going to present two different styles of play. And I think whoever is able to dictate the pace and make the other team play the way that they want to play is the team that's going to come out on top in this series. And I really do think that that's going to be the aces. They're obviously the favorite to win the series right now. Uh, but I, I do think that they take this first game too, because they're going to want to get up and run up and down the floor. They're going to want to uh, push the pace and tire out the sun, honestly. And the Sun are a team that wants to make the game messy. They want to muddy the waters. They want to slow it down. Uh, they want to play grinded out basketball. And that's definitely not the Aces style of play. And coming into this game one off the rest, uh, just the offensive firepower that the Aces have going for them right now, the way Chelsea Gray is playing, the way Asia Wilson's playing. I mean, you have the MVP, the coach of the year, the most improved player all on your team. I, I just think that this game one, has aces written all over it. So I would gladly lay the points with the aces. And with this being the finals, only two teams left. So not a whole lot to talk about uh, until the series really gets going and underway. We'll dive into it a little bit deeper. But with the NFL uh, having started yesterday, Thursday Night Football, but with the opening weekend of the NFL season 
beginning on Sunday. We're going to transition and talk a little NFL football. We now welcome in Chris Farley, NFL betting extraordinaire, circa winner last year, fifth place, 114K, head of betting at the 33rd team on the BetUS NFL show. I, I could just keep going, Chris. What else you got going on? This is crazy. Yeah, that was that's one of the better intros I've ever had. Um, wow. So I'm just going to sit back and enjoy. I'm just going to like bat, bask in my glory here. Uh, I guess you could add, you know, the hammer network. I'm on, I'm on that a few times. That's new. That's new. Yeah. It's a, um, bet stamp is trying to produce like a, you know, I guess like a content website, right. So, and it's, it's supposed to be pretty constant across all sports, a lot of betting. So exciting to be there too. And Kate, exciting to be here on your podcast. I know. Um, it feels like you're like you're a way better host than me, so I should be a guest on your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we've had fun on your podcast, laying the points with Farley Betts. That's out. You know, you do a pod every week or so, right? Yeah, I still do one pod a week at the Odds Breakers called Laying the Points with Farley Betts, and th- this is my favorite time of the year because it's the NFL season, and me and Steve, my circle winning buddy, we do it together every week. So it's just it really fe- it's like. You know, you get on some of these other pods. Now, I must say, when I get on a pod with you, Kate Constable, it's very easy, very smooth. It's like just like two bros talking about sports, exactly. <laughs> which, which which I love. Uh, but that's definitely, you know, how it is with Steve, too, because we're just we we just can digest football all, all day and all night. So um, still got that podcast going once a week. And, yeah, all those all those other things. It's a pretty busy time of year. Yeah. But yeah, you and I are well-oiled machine being on the BetUS NBA show last year, uh, me being on your pod quite a bit during that season. And now you get a chance to come on mine. And typically we talk mostly um, basketball, WNBA, uh, as we talked in the beginning. And then obviously during the NBA season, this pod will be quite a bit of that. But it's the opening weekend of the NFL. We had the Rams and the Bills last night. And so let's just start by recapping that game, Chris. Yeah. Uh, what do you say about the Buffalo Bills? Nearly, I mean, I want to say nearly perfect. They had a couple interceptions, turnovers, but other than that, Josh Allen looked absolutely dynamite to start the season. He did. Um, yeah, two two or three turnovers. I think maybe at least one fumble, and I know that one pick by Josh Allen, that really mm-hmm. wasn't his fault at all. Man, if it wasn't for those turnovers, what's the final score in that game, okay. right? Um, it just it didn't feel like it should have been 10-10 at the half. And I know, you know, maybe some people were thinking, oh, man, the Bills, you know, kind of disappointed coming in at going into halftime with the score that way. But it, it says even even uh, greater things about their mentality as a team and the leadership on that team where they just came out in the second half and just absolutely took over. The Rams didn't score a single point in the second half. I think you could probably count on one hand or less how many times the Rams had a first down in the second half. I mean, maybe they got some garbage time first downs, but. Um, you know, seven sacks by the Bills defensive line too, which uh, I think it's I think it's both. I think it's credit to the Bills defensive line and just where their defense is right now. But it's also a sign of the Rams and their offensive line, maybe not as formidable without Andrew Whitworth, you know, who's now retired. They just have some kinks to work through on that on that offensive line. And uh, Josh Allen, Kate, I mean, Josh Allen is. Uh, I mean, I, I knew he was going to come into this season more motivated than ever after what happened last season, the way it ended in that game against the Chiefs. So, so sad that he didn't get on the field. Um, but he comes into this game just kind of proving everything that I thought. You know, he, he's he, he really I mean, in my opinion, 
I don't know if anybody has every physical attribute that you would want in a modern day quarterback quite quite to the you know extent that Josh Allen has it. You know, he's he's tough. He can stand in the pocket, move in the pocket, and now he's starting to read these defenses like quicker than I've ever seen him read it before. Right? Collinsworth was talking about that. So, Bills are a Super Bowl favorite pick of mine. Um, I n- I never do those like crazy you know future parlays, but I have a futures on the Bills winning the Super Bowl, the Astros uh, winning the World Series, and the Bucks winning the NBA championship. All three hit. I, I win thirty k. So I like the way the Bills looked from the onset. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty good start for you if, if that's what your parlay is. Josh Allen, 297 yards, 26, 31 passing, three touchdowns, 56 yards on the ground. So uh, he's moving pretty well, too. Jalen Ramsey for the Rams. Not a good night for Jalen Ramsey. He was targeted seven times, seven catches uh, thrown at him. Um, 124 receiving yards, two touchdowns. What ha- we were, I was worried. Because I was on the Rams yesterday, not a smart pick in hindsight, uh, because I was a little bit worried about the Bills' secondary. Well, the secondary for the Rams, Jalen Ramsey, really did not look good. He did not look good, and that's uh, quite a few games now where that's the case. I think he's going on five or six games in a row where he's allowed – I don't have the stat right in front of me, but I know that I read it last night. It was just allowing way more yards than usual, allowing more touchdowns than usual, Um, you know. I don't know if it's something that I'm going to look into, but I, I think the Rams are going to be just fine. Um, but I do think that they have some things to work through. Like I said, on the offensive line, um, their wide receiving core, I think they're missing Odell Beckham a little bit. You know, I think they're missing some of the deep threats that they had in the past kind of just looks like Cooper cup and everybody else. And, and, you know, maybe Cooper, I mean, as good as he is, uh, you know, when you're double teamed, when they're focusing on you on, on zone defenses, you know, it's it's a different ball game, uh, and, and and he is. I mean, according to a lot of sources, like the best wide receiver in the NFL now. So defenses are not going to forget about him when he's out there. Um, yeah, they, you know, it's Sean McVay. This is a very buttoned up operation. They're going to be fine, but I think it, it it tells me more about how good the Bills are, uh, and like how how determined the Bills are to uh, do it all this year. Right? It's it's. I mean, the one thing that worries me, and probably because I'm a Bills backer now because of these bets, is the way Josh Allen, you know, he, he's like a tough guy, right? He has like a tough guy mentality. So when he runs it, he's like putting his shoulder into linebackers and stuff. And like, Josh, you know, you're big. You are tough. I mean, I'm sure you could take me out in 1.3 seconds. However, <laughs> these linebackers are pretty big and nasty and tough too. And I just worry that like, cause he's so amped up, you know, like mm-hmm. he wants to get in the game. I just hope it doesn't cost him an injury. Cause I really think an injury might be the only thing that can hang like a injury to a key player like Josh Allen is one of the only things that could hold back this bills team this year. Yeah. He was running and it didn't slide. I don't believe with like six minutes left in the game. They're up. <laughs> right. right. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, he's right. an animal. I love it, but it's, yeah. it's, it's a risk. You gotta be smart. Yeah. Well, great way to start the season. Fun game last night. Uh, look ahead to a couple of games. We're not going to touch on all of them on Sunday. So Browns, Panthers, that's a big one. You have Baker Mayfield, the Panthers going up against his old team and the Browns. This line's been all over the place. Uh, Browns were the favorites in the beginning. Then you have all the Deshaun Watson stuff come through. And now this game's a pick em. Totals around 140, 140. Wow, we're not playing basketball. Uh, 41, 41 and a half, 42. What do you think about this game in terms of motivation? Because you use a lot of motivation in your handicapping, Chris. Mm-hmm. So 
what's the motivation here, both for Baker Mayfield and the Browns? Yeah, I think the line is kind of telling us uh, everything here, right? It started months ago as Panthers plus four. That's a reasonable line considering that the Browns will be on the road, but thinking probably Deshaun Watson is going to play. Now Baker's in Carolina. Line moved quickly over to the Panthers at that point. Um, but, you know, I, I can't buy into this narrative about Baker Mayfield in a revenge game and that really meaning anything significant. I just I just can't. And that's because from what I've seen on ba- uh, from Baker, you know, he was two and seven against the spread as a favorite when he was on the Browns. Now, they're not a favorite anymore. Most books, it's to pick them, I believe. But, uh, you know, they've been a favorite all week. And, and I mean, this is a Panthers team at home who, even though they are at home, and maybe this is an important game to Baker, they have an offensive line that's very questionable. They have a defense as a whole that's very questionable. And, you know, if, if, if Baker Mayfield can't get the ball out of his hands quick enough um, against a very formidable secondary in the Browns, right? Um, great defensive line. I mean, they still got Miles Garrett, right? You still have Clowney on the other side who game to game, maybe he's not always there, but he can still make plays. Um, I just, I think we're overlooking how much talent that, you know, I, I guess I'm saying we, cause I've heard a lot of Carolina Panthers backers based on that motivational mm-hmm. angle, but you know, when you take into account psychology and motivation, you also have to take into account previous performance and how a leader or a quarterback performs in big game situations. I don't like what I've seen from Baker in the past. I think he's a rhythm passer. He's too emotional. I think you could probably expect a few interceptions in this game. I know, some folks out there talking about that, like interception props. Um, I don't know. I, it, it's probably going to be a close game, you know, because Baker's going to pull out all the stops. And, and, and he, can, he can do some good things, and I don't give him a lot of credit. But when he's in rhythm, he can be pretty good. But Jacoby Brissett and that running game can really control this game on the Brown side and control time of possession, in my opinion. So lean towards the Browns. I mean, it's, this line has moved back towards them, which mm-hmm. I agree with that movement. I think it was a little too inflated on the, on the Panthers at first. I have uh, Christian McCaffrey on one of my fantasy teams. Is there any chance Christian McCaffrey stays healthy for an entire season? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I sure hope so. I mean, that kid is so talented. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like Saquon Barkley, right? I don't, right. I, I don't think it's a coincidence that both of them have, have had a tough start to their careers because they're playing in, behind bad offensive lines and and I don't care how talented you are this is the NFL and if you don't have at least one or two openings every time you run the ball you know uh six four 300 pound defensive linemen and like linebackers are going to fill the gap pretty quickly you know and and uh and these guys aren't you know they're not as big as the linebackers so they're going to be prone to injury especially Christian McCaffrey um so I hope he can stay healthy yeah I mean, I, you know, but but I think he's still a good pick right because they're gonna have to yeah. rely on him so much which is again more of an injury risk but he's gonna have to carry that team in a lot of ways right that's that's just what he does and he can do it all all right uh let's move on to Eagles Lions Lions four point underdogs at home this is Dan Campbell Jared Goff I mean, I don't know about you, but watching Hard Knocks, I just wanted to just run through a wall by the end of it. Dan Campbell got me so jacked up and not a good thing. It's like I'm watching it like 930 before bed, trying to unwind, relax, to you know, get some good right. sleep. And I'm just like fired up uh, wanting to play for Dan Campbell. So does this Dan Campbell team, is there too much hype around the line? And I guess there probably isn't too much hype. I'll just answer that right there. But there's some excitement around the lines because of what we saw in Hard Knocks. And they look like a fun team. And who doesn't love Dan Campbell? 
but going up against the Eagles who are, have a lot, they have a lot of hype with them and they're supposed to be good this year. So what do you expect out of this game, whether you have a play in it or not? Yeah, it's uh, a tough not to like Dan, Dan Campbell, right? I mean, he looked like he was going to, like, cry. Like, in that last episode, when yes. he was talking to any of the players that he had to let go, like, he was on the verge of tears almost every time. I was like, I freaking love this guy. You know, he's just, <laughs> like, so passionate about it. He's someone like, I would want to play for. Oh, my God, yeah. No doubt about it. Um, and, and, it's, and it's sweet how every player is like, you, you know, you allow us to be ourselves, mm-hmm. which, which clearly that's kind of a dividing line in the NFL these days, right? You probably have, like, old school coaches who want to do things their way and tell everyone like it is. And then you have Dan Campbell, who's actually played, who could mm-hmm. probably like kick 98% of NFL players asses. Cause he's yeah. huge, <laughs> but like, he's just, he's, he's, he's a big heart, you know? Um, so anyway, it, it's, it's easy to fall in love with these Detroit lions. And I gotta say, there's some indicators that uh, this line, by the way, at some books just moved up to four and a half. Uh, so if you like the lions, now you got a hook on four, which ain't, which ain't a bad thing. Um, but there's, there's some narratives that I like in favor of the lions for this matchup. Um, you know, first of all, they were absolutely annihilated by the Eagles last year. I mean, that game was over in the first half. I'm, I'm unsure what the final score was off the top of my head, but it was, it was a beatdown, and it was in Detroit. Um, and now they're back in Detroit. Right. And, uh, I mean, if we don't think that Dan Campbell is not going to use that as bulletin board material for this opening week when he's trying to get his team amped up. I mean, we're fooling ourselves. I mean, I think, I think the lions are going to be very motivated. Jared Goff is five and O ATS in week one. So of course he's with the Rams for many years. Right. Uh, but he was with the lions last year and they were a pretty good ATS team last year as well. Um, but again, it's like hype against hype, right? Because uh, you got an Eagles team who, if, if you go to Philly, which I don't, but I know people who are in Philly, uh, you know, Philly sports radio is like buzzing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the only question is Jalen Hurts and uh, Scott Kellen on the Bet US NFL show said something really interesting yesterday. It was like, if, if football was about everything, but the quarterback, then the Eagles would probably have the most talented roster in the NFL. They probably, probably win the most games, uh, you know, probably between them and the chargers. Uh, but then Jalen Hurd is such a huge question mark. How, how is he going to play game to game? I mean, I believe in him. He's a fighter, you know, so he's going to train as hard as he can. He's going to try and figure it out, which is half the, you know, half the battle. Um, but I think this is going to be a close game. So I, I have a slight lean towards the Lions. I don't have a play in this game. And I'll put it this way. My circle winning buddy, Steve, who is a huge Eagles fan, uh, I, I believe he has a play on the Lions. Ooh. And it's not, you know, maybe he's, you know, hedging, hedging his fandom a little bit, <laughs> but, um, but that, you know, it says a lot because there are some narratives there. I mean, this is a game after hard knocks and everything, you know, the lions want to come out strong if nothing else. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they're, did I say Rams, the lions, oh, I don't, lion. I don't think the lions want to get embarrassed. So four and a half, that's a pretty good line. You're getting over two key numbers there, three, a lot more than four, but a lot of games end at three and four. So mm-hmm. Uh, I would not be surprised if the Eagles blew them out, to be honest. I mean, the Eagles are very, very talented, but uh, I also I, I would lean to the side that the Lions are going to cover. All right. I, I kind of like that because I'm rooting for Dan Campbell and the Lions. So. You have a bet on it? No, I don't. <laughs> you know what's really smart, though, is please, I mean, anyone who's listening, do not invest too much money in week one. Because it's just even even a break even is just really tough because there's a lot of things that we all think we know, including mm-hmm. me. You're listening to me right now, but we really 
come week one, there's going to be these, this explosion of variants and no, like it happens every year. You know, it's like, it's like one 30 on a Sunday. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on? So, so anyway, well, um, if you look at last night's game too, what the line was two and a half. Right. And Rams got absolutely blown out. So that wasn't anywhere near what, what the books were suggesting. So at home. Yeah. Right. All right, Cowboys are at home this weekend playing Tom Brady's Buccaneers. Cowboys are the underdog at home. Two and a half points. Total here is 50 and a half. This has come down a little bit from where it opened. Tom Brady, has he has he got stuff going on in his personal life? So he's losing some weight or did he get some plastic surgery, a facelift? What what's going on with TV? <laughs> yeah, he looked he looked a little sunken in there, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind to look like that. It, right? it hasn't been a you know, it hasn't been a uh, cutting summer on my <laughs> snacking, if anything else, uh, or if anything. But um, yeah, so I haven't had a lot of bullish takes on the show just yet. So I think it's time for me to do it, Kate. Good. Uh, this is a play that I'm becoming increasingly like more and more in favor of. I like it more and more. Uh, I think we're all kind of sleeping on the Bucks a little bit in this spot. I know, I know it's in Dallas. And last year was a really tight game. And the Dallas Cowboys had a really potent offense for at least half the season. Uh, like, I, I mean, I think they should have won that game last year, to be honest. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, I always burp on these damn podcasts. You do, like, you you do know, a lot. I do. I do. Do you, can you tell? You can tell? Yes. I'm yes. trying to, like, keep it in. What is that? Is it because I'm yelling and I'm burping? What is it? I don't know. I'm not sure. You're getting too excited. <laughs> well, excuse me to the audience. Sorry about that. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, you know, the Cowboys are just not the same version of themselves as they were last year. Most people know by now they are, they are officially decimated on their offensive line. You know, they lost some guys. Some guys went down. We won't get into names and what they mean. But basically, they have Zach Marn at this point, who's really the only tried and true veteran on that on that offensive line. Uh, I just saw some video come out. You know, take take what you will with this, but I saw Zeke. He's like out partying. It's like a, you know, it's like a Wednesday. It's I mean, it's week one. He's like out drinking late, partying. Um, listen, the Cowboys, if they're normally not buttoned up as it is, you know, Mike McCarthy kind of fails in that area. But I think if they come into this game not being really, really well buttoned up, which I'm not sure if they will be based on everything that's been happening with them. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers could really blow them away. And we're still getting a line at two and a half here. You know, the Bucs had a, we could call it a down year last year. They still got to the playoffs. They just didn't get, you know, when Tom Brady doesn't get to the Super Bowl, I guess it's a down, a down year. year. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they have so many uh, talented returning players on defense. They have one hell of a trio in the wide receiving core between uh, Chris Godwin and now uh, Julio Jones. Obviously, Mike Evans is still there. I don't think they're going to miss Gronk that much because they just have so much talent on offense still. Uh, and as long as Tom Brady, look, we can speculate about how invested Tom Brady is going to be, but we have over 20 years of proof that he, once he gets on that field, he's going to be a sniper just like he always is, right? So uh, as long as that happens, with the Cowboys offense in particular, you know, Michael Gallup is injured. He's out of this game. Uh, they're just wide receiving core is is really thin right now. I think we're still getting a ton of value on the Bucks at two and a half. I think this line is going to go way up um, before the Sunday night game as, as more and more people realize that. Yeah. For anyone who's worried about how focused Tom Brady is going to be, he's given us a pretty good sample size of years that he takes this very seriously. So I don't think there's any concern about him not coming into this game focused or with his mind fully on football because this guy 
lives, eats, and breathes football. So yeah. I like that play, Chris. think that's uh, definitely the right side to be on. I just don't trust the Cowboys either. I mean, there's also a lot of hype around the Cowboys every year because it's the Cowboys, but uh, how many times do they surpass their expectations in a season? I feel like that hasn't happened a whole lot uh, as of late. So like that play. I know you have other ones, uh, many other plays that you have set for Sunday, but people have to subscribe to your premium plays if they want to get all the information. I mean, we're not just giving this out for free. That's right. right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. No, never. I mean, you know, to a degree, you know, we, we get on these gigs, I get on podcasts with people I like, like, hey, Constable, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, but really what it, you know, I have premium customers, right? And we can't give away all of our plays. Uh, that's what we do as handicappers. So the easiest way, if you want to get access to my premium plays, you can get it per month, week, NFL season, NBA season, a whole year. Uh, the easiest way is to DM me at Farley Bets on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, you can also find me at the Odds Breakers. My premium package is there. Um, I, w- I will say, uh, yeah, you can find me on some sites, but you'll find the best discount if you just DM me directly. So uh, look me up, Farley Bets. Follow my stuff. I think, you know, if, if nothing else, I'm passionate about it. So I will live and die <laughs> by my picks. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to hit a 58% every year like I did in the NBA that one year. That was insane. Um, but, but, you know, I think we're going to do well this year, Kate. I feel as part of the 33rd team in particular, you, it's, it's hard not to get constant osmosis of, mm-hmm. of NFL information. Yep. And you have tons of stuff going on at the 33rd team, putting out articles every week, podcasts, Mondays and, and uh, Thursdays. So everyone go check out Chris at the 33rd team, odds breakers at Farley bets on Twitter. And Chris, thank you so much for coming on first time on my pod. I'm sure uh, as the NBA season gets underway, we'll have you on even more. Um, and hopefully I can uh, make another appearance on your pod fairly soon. I'm looking forward to watching your continual escalation in this, <laughs> in this industry, Kate Constable. So let's let's keep on doing it. You know, you can come back on mine soon and I'll come back on yours anytime, anytime. Perfect. All right. Thanks, Chris. Enjoy uh, the weekend and the uh, NFL season as we get underway.